When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, McCoy. Hey, McCoy. Welcome in to the PHNX Sun podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith, here with Saul Bookman, Espo, and Gerald Bourget. And gentlemen, it has been a tough week. We've had a lot of really sad, unfortunate situations on our hands. I feel like we've started the show with something that's um, more sad. important or been really uh, yeah, heavy. unfortunate, heavy, and... Today is no different. We got the news of Brittany Griner's sentencing and the Phoenix Mercury put out a statement saying, while we know, while we knew it was never the legal process that was going to bring our friend home, today's verdict is a sobering milestone in the 168-day nightmare being endured, endured by our sister, BG. We remain heartbroken for her as we have every day for nearly six months. We remain grateful to and confident in the public servants working every day to return her to her family and us. We remain faithful. The administration will do what it takes to end her wrongful detention. We are inspired every day by BG's strength, and we are steadfastly committed to keeping her top of mind publicly until she is safely back on American soil. We will not allow her to be forgotten. We are BG. Quite frankly, this is all such crap, to be honest, that she had 0.7 ounces of, uh, of cannabis oil on her at the airport. She admitted that she was wrong, that the amount of time is obviously a political charade at this point. Nine years mm-hmm. for that? No, it's simply because the Russian government's trying to make an example out of her in a time where they're trying to find any way they can get leverage on anybody based on the fraudulent war. It's it's sad and quite frankly disgusting that she's had to be a pawn in, in all of this uh, for an honest mistake, quite frankly. Yeah, it's obviously it's awful news and we are obviously thinking of her here. Hopefully that this, based on the general reaction to people who have been reporting on this for a while now, Uh, TJ Quinn with ESPN. Hopefully this means that now that this sentencing has been determined, discussions can begin in earnest about bringing her home. Um, Not to say that this was just a formality, but now the next step needs to be taken as far as, hey, obviously nine years can't happen. It's not going to happen. What are we going to do to actually bring her home now? So hopefully that's where we go next from here. Yeah, I mean, hopefully the Justice Department will will do everything they can. I know they've exhausted a lot of different measures and, and obviously the rumors or, or confirmation was a, of, a, of a trade of some sort of a Russian prisoner that we currently have versus um, not only Brittany Griner but another um, uh, American prisoner. It, it's, it's just it's, – it's a sad situation all the way around. Um, if you've ever met Brittany Griner, uh, you know she's admitted to, to a lot of mistakes that she's made in the past. She's been through a lot in her life. Um, Personally, I in my dealings with Brittany Griner, she is one of the more um, – I just really, really like her a lot. Mm-hmm. She's just such a cool person to talk to. Um, but she understands that she has flaws, and I don't think that she should pay this severely for um, really an accident, uh, uh, you know, doing what she did. I, and, and, again, we're talking about 
you know, they, 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 they put the smug drug smuggling thing in there. And I'm just like, she's not, she wasn't like trafficking freaking, she's not a fucking drug mule. You know what I mean? Like she's not that person. Like she was, she, she uses cannabis to relax herself. And a lot of people do. And I don't feel like all because it's a, it's a crime in Russia. It's not a crime here in the States in certain places. And she shouldn't have to pay such a severe penalty for that. So, I mean, she admitted to, to, to like 0.7 ounce. Like this is not, she was not smuggling anything into Russia. I, oh, this was not a drug trafficking thing. It's, it's a charade. So our thoughts are with BG and her friends and family. And of course, everyone who is um, sending good thoughts, prayers, whatever your thing is, please continue to uh, think about her and, send positivity to her and her family. Um, I'm not, I haven't gotten any better this week at transitioning out of these tough topics. And I kind of hope that I never get better (laughs) at it because that would mean we're in a really tough spot. Mm -hmm. So apologies, but shall we talk Suns basketball? Yes, let's do it. Can can I say one more thing? Yes. I do want to also give a, 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 I've met Mike Hazen before, and I know this is not a D-backs podcast, yes. but losing your wife two, a little over two years after she's been diagnosed with uh, glaciocarsoma, uh, I think that's how you say it, um, is just such a tragedy in their four kids. So our thoughts are definitely with the Hazens um, during this extremely tough time. And, oh, man, it's just it's so heartbreaking. I couldn't even imagine it. Yeah, I can't imagine being Mike Hazen and have to – I mean, it was a long, long battle. Him and his his children having to to watch that and then losing their mother and their wife like that. It, it's definitely, it's just sad. So, anyway, so transition. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's just kind of like a. I don't want to be insensitive by any means, but mm. um, it's a tough. It's a tough thing. It's to been navigate, a really, really bad sure. week. It has. It's, it's really, been a really, really rough really bad week for a lot of things. We need more OGs. Come on. Um, <laughs> that would have been the worst transition to transition. I know, that right? <laughs> so at least they didn't do that. So. Happy anniversary to the Devin Booker pose. Yeah. Can we see the video that started it all? Yeah, of course. Let's go. Two years this ago. This is it, baby. Beautiful little turnaround jump shot Hit over Paul George and Kawhi. Oh. Let's go. The laying down, <laughs> little head up. I that's got that's got to be book's logo on a shoe, right? It's got to be the laying down. The laying Honestly, down. he should. If he's not already in the works of that, I'd be surprised. But he definitely needs to make that like a logo for and him. It'd be perfect because it'd fit on like the base of the shoe. Mm-hmm. Like, Even just be... any type of merch, it could be Ooh, kind of a cool logo. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty yeah, cool. Absolutely. Um, that one's for free book. The next one we're going to charge you. <laughs> <laughs> but that is a pretty fun pose, and it's been really cool because it's been recreated intentionally or unintentionally. I don't know. You guys can be the judge of that one multiple times since then. And it's become one of those kind of like iconic moments. Every time it happens, everyone, I feel like gets a burst of energy. It's kind of just one of those things that is now ours. I feel like that was the moment we all went, oh, this can turn around. Mm -hmm. This can be fun again. Mm -hmm. This can be something special. Because, I mean, that was over PG and Kawhi. That was a game winner. It's, It's in the bubble coming off of us having absolutely no sports and and being all involved in one of the the worst thing you know uh pandemics we've ever seen in this world that was such a special moment i don't think suns fans will ever forget that that experienced it to me it wasn't necessarily just that game it was um i think it was either the game before or game after directly after they played OKC and Devin Booker was hitting the stupidest shots i've ever seen uh, him shoot like mm-hmm. the half court shot Nothing but net. Like, and he was just in such a groove. And that was the first time that I uh, saw Devin Booker and realized, okay, I think, I think he has it in him to go to a whole nother level of stardom, uh, just based off of that. And that that tell me he was he was at least approaching the same level as the Kawhis, as the KDs, as the Stephs. 
Uh, and so, and then what happened, obviously the, the, the next few months in getting CP3 back that up further. So yeah, that's, that's the first time I think I was a believer in what could turn around. It, it was kind of a, a huge moment and it's weird to say that about a team that was, you know, a 30 some win team that didn't make the playoffs that year, but it felt so monumental. Even at the time that was only game three of eight in the bubble but it felt like such a huge moment because it did feel like, okay, maybe these youngsters are onto something. Maybe Booker can lead a winning team because I think, I think it was the first three or four win streak of his career. Yeah, which is insane to say that it took that long. But like, they went eight and zero in the bubble, and that was the shining moment of that whole thing. And it wasn't just the shot either; it was the McHale deflection. It was the fact that Booker, I think, dropped like thirty five in that game. Um, and that the Clippers were a good playoff bound team at the time that they beat. Um, it, it really did feel like a turning of the page moment. And it's oddly enough, one of the more iconic Suns moments. And it's not even a playoff moment. Like it, it was it was really cool. And I think a lot of people during that pandemic time when the world was a very dark place all around us, we kind of latched on to the Suns and that bubble run and that moment as one of the few bright spots i think a lot of us remember probably where we were when we were watching that moment probably at home but still on our couches but like, transformation <laughs> good one gerald <laughs> jeez oh no i, I uh i, I you know, also <laughs> <laughs> when we that's what that all started yeah. <laughs> i mean uh, that was also when we got that great Monty speech after that mm -hmm. eighth game that they won and they didn't know if they were going to get in the play-in. It was uh, that speech about how this is just the beginning and that also felt like a moment where it was saying, Devin, you, you've worked hard. We're going to get to that next step. And then we get the finals run the next year. It was uh, – that, that whole run will, was magical. I mean, just who would have thought that you just needed to take this team and lock them away together <laughs> for however long it ended up being in order to launch them? At Disney. Yeah. At, At Disney. <laughs> Two months. And they got the shitty hotel, too, because they remember they split them into where the teams were ranked. So like the oh, Suns, I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, the Suns First were in like the shitty the the club shitty is hotel. not a shitty hotel. It's shitty compared to the others. No, Did you see? The other, yeah, yeah some funny. of them are at the yeah. Grand Floridian. And I will tell you on firsthand experience that the Grand Floridian is hot trash compared to the Yacht Club. Hello. The Suns were in a very good spot. I love, I love that we... Uh, yeah. So I was no, like, do not slander Disney World. And have this be slandered. No. <laughs> we also got all those great videos of them like jumping in the pool and playing uh, playing netball beach or whatever it was called. Yeah. Like, yeah. Was that, what was it called? Dario Sharch talking ball. trash spike while they were playing spike ball. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. That was the best thing ever. <laughs> I won't lie, though. You watched that and you went, that's a good way to blow on a knee. Can everybody stop playing this game? <laughs> they had to do something, Espo. They were locked away in a bubble. They didn't. You had to keep them from losing their minds entirely. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so happy anniversary to the Devin Booker pose that we all know and love. All right, so we have a really great article over at gophnx.com that Gerald wrote. It is a Borgay breakdown, and we are going to get into it here on the show today. But nice. as always, there is far more <laughs> in-depth information and nuggets <laughs> in that article. So this is just kind of like the Cliff's Notes mm -hmm. version. Highly recommend you go get a Go PHNX membership so that you can read all of Gerald's. If you want to go in on Dario Sargent campaign, this is it. <laughs> this is this is the free lecture. Go read the master class. Exactly. Right? So it's titled How a Healthy Dario Sarge Could Revitalize Campaign. Let's get into it. Gerald, you want to start us off? Yeah. So I mean I feel like you should have done a knuckle crack. <laughs> <laughs> I think the big thing that we've been talking about for weeks when it comes to this team and where they can improve is obviously the backup point guard spot. Mm -hmm. And we haven't kind of held back about how campaign was untrustworthy in that playoff run and how he had a down season. And we've wondered, okay, was his breakout year what he is in a Phoenix Suns jersey or was last year kind of regression to the mean? And I hate to use the word fluke, but like, <laughs> is he coming back down to earth a little bit? Is this who he is? And I think that that's part of it, but I also do think that having a healthy Dario Saric helps him a lot more than we kind of gave credit for. Um, and I, th I think I don't think we can chalk all of his struggles up to 
not having Dario Saric because, you know, campaign is his own player. And what he did the season before was not just because he had Super Dario next to him. But I do think having a pick and pop big is something that really helps him in particular compared to a lot of rim running bigs, which is what the Suns primarily had last year. So just the Cliff Notes version of some of his regression last year. He went from three win shares the season before to 1.9 in basically the same amount of games, which is a pretty steep drop off. He went from 48% shooting to 41. He went from 44% on threes to under 34%. He went from 46% on wide open threes to 34. That's a 12% drop. Dario's not going to help him knock down wide open threes. That's not what we're saying here. But the fact that they had a plus 16.5 net rating when the two shared the court is really good. And it, it speaks to his ability to play with a pick and pop big because he had a plus 12 net rating with Kaminsky that year as well. Um, and he got better with McGee and Biombo as the year went on, but he even admitted early in the season that it was an adjustment for him because a lot of teams had the scouting report on him now, so they were playing his drives, they were taking away what he was good at, and with those rim-running bigs kind of occupying that real estate in the lane, he didn't have his driving lanes. So Sharich helps because he's that floor-spacing big. So let's pull up the clip of him floor spacing from the year before um, because it, it really helps when you have a guy campaign likes to get downhill. So when you look and you have Dario Sharch popping out, a lot of bigs aren't going to be able to make that recovery and Payne got a lot of easy assists from this. Like you just look at these threes and they're wide open because they're worried about Payne driving and they don't have the time. Like Dario is not a fast guy. He's not fleet of foot, but mm-hmm. like, He just has fundamentally sound footwork. He just leaks out and he knows when to kind of where to go, how to read campaign. And they have really good pick and roll chemistry together. God, that pick and roll defense is true. (laughs) Every single (laughs) one of those teams. And I'm not trying to discredit Dario because the the spacing definitely helps out a lot. But, man, some of these highlights, I'm like, dude, what the fuck are these teams doing (laughs) on the fucking pick? Like, Kevin Love is all the way down at the dotted line. Like, bro. Dario can shoot. What are you doing that far down? I know he's trying to play help, but... Right, and I think this is where Dario helps is because a lot of these teams with less mobile bigs, less defensive-minded bigs, they have to resort to drop coverage. So a lot of times when you have Dario, he's going to exploit that because even if he's not, you know, popping out with athleticism or speed, like, he just knows where to go. He knows when the drop is coming and how to kind of take advantage of that. So that was a huge thing. And he's not like a fantastic three-point shooter. He shot 35.7% and 34.8% over the last two seasons. But I'd argue his three-point shooting is a little bit more valuable in a stretch big role because a lot of defenses don't account for that still. I'm not saying this because of my obsession with Frank Kaminsky, but I did (laughs) notice uh, in, in some of those clips that you're showing, it was both Dario and Frank on the court, which meant you had to account for two bigs who could shoot Mm -hmm. as well, which we've talked about this team needing to shoot more threes, needing more shooting. That seems to be key on a second unit. The campaign is playing there more than just one guy that can spread that floor for him. Yeah. And that's kind of the, the general point, but also a concern with pain is that he really thrives when he has stretch bigs who can space the floor for him. But you also can't tailor your roster around a (laughs) five-out offense just to cater to your backup point guard. Like, Payne has to be better this season. That is obvious. But I do think having Sharich to open things up definitely helps. And Monty talked about this back in January. He was saying, you know, with Dario out and adjusting to JaVale, like, we've had to encourage Payne to take more mid-range shots. He took 6% more mid-range shots last year than he did the season before, and he missed 6% more of them. So he was taking more and making less, which is not a good ratio on one of the more inefficient shots in basketball. That, I know we've talked system, but mm-hmm. doesn't, isn't that a flaw in the system not adjusting when you're asking a guy who doesn't traditionally shoot well there to take more shots in that space rather than trying to find a way to adjust to play to his strengths? So he shot, to answer your question, he shot 47% the season before from the mid-range. So I think they thought that, you know, if he took a few more, maybe the efficiency tails off a little bit. I don't think they were counting on it dropping to 41%. And also his inefficiency around the rim 
hurt them because he's a guy that we've seen the clips. He puts his head down. He gets downhill. He's attacking the basket and he's throwing up these ambitious layups that are pretty when they go in, but they don't go in enough. He shot only 44% around the rim last year, which really hurts. So I think they tried to tailor it like, okay, slow down. Don't attack the trees. Maybe pull up before you get to that point. And he just couldn't make enough shots. I think that's probably what happened. Well, there. and I think having Dario back and being able to maybe knock down a few more of those type of buckets will help his confidence. Because we have all known that campaign is a confidence based player, right? Yes. When his confidence <laughs> is high, his shots are going to fall a lot more. But when his confidence is low, his shots are not going to fall. It's it's a weird thing because you would want him to be able to work through that on his own but it just kind of is what it is I think that's also one of the reasons why Monty goes to him so much and tries to help him get out of those slumps that he finds himself in because the minute that Monty says okay we can't rely on you that's going to kill his confidence even more so if he can get to the bucket on some of those those shots we were talking to where he puts his head down and just goes mm -hmm. if he can knock some of those down hopefully it'll translate to some of his wide open threes or other shots. What I saw from campaign this year, just <clears throat> game to game, the optics of, of his body language, the way he was going at the hoop, it looked like he was he was trying to play too cute at times. Mm -hmm. Instead of just you got a mismatch, get the bucket. Like that's that's the game right here. Like and, and sometimes when guys, you know, have a great year the year before, they, their impression of the way they played is a little bit skewed compared to the reality. And I think when you watch campaign play this past year, he tried to do a lot of the cute shit or the the nice floaters and stuff like that, and it wasn't working out. And that got him into trouble because he he didn't revert back to what he was actually doing well because he couldn't identify it. And so that I think this year he's going to look a lot a lot more tape and identify some of that stuff, some of the things that he was doing so well to take advantage of the defense, um, you know. And yeah, the defense adjusted. But campaign did a really poor job of adjusting to that adjustment, and it just it, it was just a, a sinkhole, and it never he could never get out of it. But this is the biggest flaw on the roster. If you're if you're depending on a guy to find his confidence because that's what your whole game is based on, and you're hoping that Dario, a man who's coming off of two major knee injuries, uh, is going to help open things up, which. You prove that that does open things up for a campaign, but there's a lot of ifs here, and that's your backup point guard, and that was one of the biggest flaws in your roster in, in the playoffs and at the end of last season, and you're going in without having addressed it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know that That's what worries me the most. I am encouraged by how he does improve with Dario, but it's a big if. We don't know what Dario is going to be after missing a year with those two major knee injuries. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that's obviously the big concern when we're talking about Sharich is can he stay healthy? Can he be durable? I think having Biombo back is kind of insurance for him because if he can't stay on the court, you know, if he's playing 40 to 50 games, I would consider that a good success as yeah. long as he's healthy for the playoffs because you have Biombo who can fill that backup role if needed. Um, but I do think he brings that other element. And if we want to pull up uh, the clip of him slipping, this is one thing that stood out because you can find clips of these guys doing anything. But Dario does a really good job of reading when the hedge defender slides too far out and he slips a lot of these screens. And you'll notice where he's going away from is where campaign drives right towards. In this case, it's a post up. He doesn't get the ball. But campaign reads that and drives right into the lane. And there's a lot of examples of this other than just those three where Dario feels he has open space. He slips. The defense has to like rapidly retreat. And that opens up a wide open driving lane for campaign. Um, Dario's a smart player. We've, we've known he has a high basketball IQ. But it's just little things like that. And Payne's ability to kind of read those and have that chemistry with Dario to understand what he's doing and capitalize on it. I think that's going to help open things up um, in a way that, you know, some of the more traditional rim running bigs did not in the pick and roll last year. We have a super chat from Morton. Thank you so much for your super chat. They said, Dario for MVCP, most valuable comeback player <laughs> and a championship trophy emoji. Didn't they get Certainly rid of hope. the comeback player of the year? I don't, did they? I, I, feel, I, didn't, I didn't think they did. Or they did and they brought it back. It was gone at one point. but Can you bet on it? If it's if it's a if it's a an actual thing, yeah, you can bet on anything. I mean, 
We're learning that. So. Okay. Oh, we're high. Humble rumble. Are we? <laughs> Why? Because we, <laughs> listen. What, what, no, no, no. I think he's talking about some people in the chat. Because oh, somebody Dario said Dario over, Dario no, over eight and LOL, y'all I think high. somebody earlier had said some uh, – people forget that Dario was getting minutes over eight and um, in some crunch time minutes. He was. Um, and it, which is true. He was. But to think that Dario will come back and all of a sudden be that player again or – well, and I should say, not mm. or, that DA has gone back to that, you know, that, that poor – you know, output is is right. just ridiculous now. Like DA's, he's exceeded that point now. You can't leave him out of the lineup uh, in crunch time minutes anymore. Like that's just that's game over. So for sure, and it's uh, like based on what he's done in the playoffs and last season. Like yeah. it, it's clear that he's not that same yeah. frustrating player as far as can we leave him on the floor late in games. He definitely has proved since then that he can. I, I do think that like obviously I love Sharch, but he's. He's not going to be playing crunch time minutes over eight in this year, um, but it is something that he will definitely help Payne in the pick and roll um, because Payne's numbers across the board in the pick and roll went down last year, even with very elite rim running bigs that he had. So I think it just brings a different dimension, something different to the second unit mm -hmm. that they were missing because Kaminsky got hurt and Sarge was out all year. So for me, campaigns outside shooting is. Is it's really the the key indicator in terms of I know he missed more bunnies than ever before in his mm -hmm. in his career, but the outside shooting to me is what really gets him going. He drops a three, especially in somebody's face. He he just gets hyped up about it. He gets a little bit more one on one time with the crowd, if you will, because he's not hiding under <laughs> the basket. He's at the top. It's all about him. He gets hyped up. That's what feeds him. Mm -hmm. And he shot such a piss poor percentage, especially in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I think he was like, what, two for like 24 or something was, like that? It was bad. He was really bad. Yeah. So pain, pain is more of a mental case than I feel like it's physical. Physically, I feel like he still has everything he's ever had before. It's just he's got to get it right between the ears. Uh, so, by the way, NBA uh, Comeback Player of the Year Award. Only a thing from 1980 to 1986. Okay, so, so a while ago. It's one of those things like the Bernstein, Bernstein oh, thing. Maybe, maybe we're thinking most improved. improved. Most improved came and they discontinued this. So. I feel like they should bring it back. I, I think so. Especially with all the injuries we have right? to deal with now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think the most improved, though, has typically gone to somebody who came back from injury. So I, I, maybe it? that's why no, we're complaining. It's usually a young – I think sometimes it has, but usually it's a young guy – that takes that next step as well, or somebody that comes out of nowhere. Uh, quick question for you. Mm -hmm. If Dario can't be that guy or can only play 40 to 50 games in the regular season, mm -hmm. is Jacques Landell a guy that has the potential to be a, to, to kind of evolve into that floor spacer for them in some ways? I think so, and it's a good point to bring up because it wasn't one that I – even in my long-winded article <laughs> brought up as far as Landell, but he is another floor spacing big. And I, I think, I don't think they targeted him specifically for that reason. I think floor spacing is just a good thing to have in the NBA. But if the byproduct is it helps free up driving lanes for campaign, then yeah, that's, that's a terrific extra benefit of adding him. Chris Paul has entered our chat and said, Payne should start over book, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, it's gonna Chris. take a while. Guess that's, that's, that's not the CP3. Real Chris you know, Paul. That's, that's, this kind of insight is what we need. We just need you to come on to the show and say it. That's Cliff Paul right there. I'm not falling for it. <laughs> so that was um, kind of your introductory class into sure. this master class that Gerald created for us. Lesson one in a board game <laughs> breakdown over at gophnx.com. So check it out if you want to dive even deeper into that. Um, I asked if you could bet on the MV. CP. CP, you can't, you, you cannot can't because it's not a thing, <laughs> but there are actual things available on the DraftKings Sportsbook app that you can bet on. So if you haven't yet, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code PHNX when you're signing up. And after you make your first deposit, you're going to get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So I need some help. I just got a free $15 bet. Right. What? Why do you need help? I need to check my app and see if I got a free one too. <laughs> it's fifteen dollars. I'm saying <laughs> find a bet to win and and make that more money. I need our help with fifteen dollars. <laughs> Saul, 
Just Man. to help the guy Why out. Why do we have a pet show then? If, if people don't need help with a fifteen dollars pet, not a thousand. You got to think I about. I want to make it a thousand. Fifteen so is like so This is easy. his way of subtle flexing on everyone. Like fifteen dollars, that's jumping. Uh, no, it's a free bet of fifteen dollars. You literally lose nothing. Yeah, Why do you need our help with losing nothing? You would want to make everything. Everything. What's the most you think you can make off of a fifteen dollars? I could make like two grand. I think if I played it right. Shane, can you make? Can you make? Five figures off of a $15 bet if you parlayed it right? Yeah. Shane said if you could you, make a million dollars off yeah, of that. You, so suck it, Bookman. If you bet on everything on the app. <laughs> Somebody could. give me help. Okay, yeah. so what was your question? Three MLS teams to draw. Three MLS teams to draw. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Bad. Sure, I'll go check the, check the dollars on that. <laughs> also, if you got a free bet, that means everyone who has had the, the DraftKings Sportsbook app for a while, you should probably... Log in if you haven't in a minute and see if you also got a free bet from DraftKings because that's one of my favorite part about the apps is that every once in a while you'll log in and then all of a sudden you have like a free bet or like they're trying to get you to come back. Yeah, I know, but like it's it's nice though. I'll take free money. It's like they'll ask you to help them spend it. I want to make more of it. That's what I'm asking for the help on. Not asking, hey, how do I take this out of my account and go buy something? I could spend fifteen dollars, but I want to make more money with it. It's just that it was free fifteen dollars. I was just like, why do you need our help with that? So easy. We all need a little help sometimes, so, so we just all need a little three help. Draws the, three draws in the MLS. Three draws. Pays out nine twelve if I hit on it. Three okay. draws in the wow. MLS. All right. That's not bad. See if I can make it happen. That's not bad. Uh, we have a ton of people in the chat that have been talking about OGs all day, all mm-hmm. show long. <laughs> so let me tell you guys about the good stuff we've got going on with OGs right now. We have a Flavoring Life sweepstakes that is live at gophnx.com, and one winner will receive three bags of OGs, including the orange creamsicle and tropical flavors. You're going to get an OGs hat. You're going to get a PHNX shirt of your choice, and you're going to get a PHNX annual membership. And you can enter that sweepstakes over at gophnx.com or by clicking the link in our show notes. Highly recommend you guys do that because this is a pretty solid swag bag that you can grab for absolutely free. You can also check out OGs online at ogsbrands.com and on Instagram at ogsbrands. You can find their products at your local dispensary, but you must be 21 years or older to purchase. PHX Scotty wants to flavor life in a different way. He wants to legalize marinara, which I assume is already <laughs> legalized since yeah. I can buy it at the supermarket. I don't. So. Well, you know, I don't know what <laughs> kind of supermarket you're going to, but I promise you, it is legal. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was like oregano's thing it on is. the back of their shirt. Legalize marinara. I think oh, it's yeah. a slogan for right. oregano. Love oregano. Yeah. <laughs> which is also an Arizona company, isn't it? Yeah, oregano's. Come on now. Is. Hit Let's us go. up. Hey, I love oregano. Two Italians sitting here. Yes. Come on. <laughs> Gerald's Italian? Mm-hmm. Really? Remember, my yeah, mom yeah. is like. I thought you were French. Italian royalty. Well, yeah, yeah, my dad's name is French. My yeah. dad's side is like French, Mexican, Spanish, and then my mom's is all Italian. Oh. Yeah, you yeah. remember Italian But royalty? you're not black. <laughs> <laughs> Contrary to what? Which is a joke to some <laughs> stupid ass in the chat yesterday. So. <laughs> Now they want to legalize Con- ranch. People, oh. the condiments are legal. <laughs> well, it should be illegal for, for some things, for sure. Oh, I thought you were going to say ranch should be illegal, and I was like, oh, my God, we're about to fight. No, 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 <laughs> we are about to fight. No, I make the best homemade ranch from scratch of then all bring time. bring some. Why are you always holding out? Every time we get on the show and food for, gets brought whoa, 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 up, first, so I was like, I make the best this, and I'm like, sir. Why have we never share, heard about this? please. <laughs> Camera, right here. I've invited Lindsay Smith over <laughs> Once, to my house. One time. One it was a singular big time. for the Super Bowl. And she refused. She didn't even give me the courtesy of saying no. Oh, wow. She just didn't answer. I'm like, pretty so sure I like, said no. You know, That's rough, Chelsea. When your heart's broken, <laughs> yeah, when your heart breaks, you can only extend yourself you know, so many times. Yeah, so. That's fair. Will he so learn to love again? Now? I do. Okay, I'm glad. <laughs> I had to exercise some of those feelings. I'm really glad that it, that made you feel better. <laughs> All these sauces to bring up is what I want to eat when I have OGs. It's, you know, I get the munchies and like, let's get some dips going. Like, what can I dip some of this food in? Dips are the best. Hey, Phoenix said left salt on red. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's false. Not true. Um, okay, our next topic. And I want to, I'm so curious to see what you guys' answers are to this. We're going to have a conversation about Monty Williams and James Jones and who you think will be a member of the Phoenix Suns for longer. 
this or employed is, by the Phoenix Suns. This is longer. like awful. Like it's like, pick your favorite child, please. <laughs> I'll wait here and see your answer. Oh, I have a favorite child. I know you. And do my other so. son is actually in the chat. And oh, sorry, so you're saying he's not the say, favorite one? No, he's not the favorite oh, one. No. Oh. Alex, you're my favorite. My book, daughter man. is my favorite one. Everybody oh. knows that. What a way to find out. I know, right? <laughs> oh. Alex just shed one tear. <laughs> he's like, damn, dad. Oh, that's he, Alex also says dad makes his own pickles. So, Jeez. <laughs> He's a um, renaissance So man. who wants to start? Um, I, I think this is easy. Okay. Um, because I think it's James Jones. I think James Jones will, will stand the test of time. Uh, the only way I could see James Jones leaving this organization is if for somewhat odd reason there's a better situation somewhere out there. I just don't see that at this moment. He's mm -hmm. got a lot of power within the organization now. Um, we've we heard in that article. Um, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm misplacing her name, but she had said Morgan that. Cato. Yeah, Morgan Cato. That she had said that um, the only people she's really dealt with was James Jones, and from all accounts, he's the one that's running the show. Right. Uh, so I, I think with that, and, and as long as he keeps this franchise solid, he will stand the test of time. And the one variable there is if Monty Williams. Uh, somehow, some way, kind of finds inconsistency within his own team and loses the team somehow, some way, Hi. which has happened once before. It happened in New Orleans. I'm not saying it would happen again. Uh, and I hope that we didn't see a snapshot of what could come in Game Seven. Obviously, Game Seven is an outlier. Uh, but I, I just, when I look at the two, I think James Jones could could go further. Well, I also think too. Um James can put together a really solid roster, but Monty is the person who has to take that roster a step forward and actually achieve a championship, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah right? if you get KD. You can, you can give somebody the tools, but are they managing the tools you, correctly? If you get KD and you're James Jones, you're a god in the city. If you get KD and you don't make the finals and you're Monty Williams, you are on the hottest seat in the NBA after that. I feel like they're kind of tied together here. Mm. They've built this program, this culture together, and you saw them both get extensions over the last few years. I think their fates are kind of tied together in that way. And I think really if James leaves prior to Monty, it's going to be because he's going to another franchise. I don't think it's because he's getting the ax. I think it's because he's choosing to go somewhere. A couple people in the chat, one suggested he'd be Pat Riley's successor in uh in miami i could see that another mm -hmm. one suggested when lebron gets into ownership which he's talked about and said he wants to own the vegas team that he would follow uh, lebron to whatever franchise he's running i could see those two situations definitely play out yeah it's, it's entirely possible especially because of the uncertainty regarding the ownership situation here in phoenix right now we don't know what's going to come of that i would just be inclined to probably lean james if we, if i had to pick one i do think yeah. that they're pretty tied closely together at this point they seem to have a good synergy there and a good relationship but gms just typically last longer in this league mm -hmm. than head coaches in general and i think you know they get more leeway to okay if you build a roster you can tinker it a little bit if it doesn't work or you can just scrap it and rebuild and we'll give you a couple years to see what you can build from the ground up I think with a coach, they often become the scapegoat if, you know, if you don't get over the top or mm -hmm. if, you know, there's a rebuild, suddenly that coach might not want to be a part of it or you might be doing them a favor by sending them somewhere else. I think, so. I think as a GM, you get more cracks at fixing the problems yeah. than you do as a coach. Yeah. yeah. And to Gerald's point, when things kind of start going south in an organization, the first person that takes the blame is the coach, whether that's deserved or not. It's just like one of those this is the easiest route to kind of take. And we've seen it across the league for I, decades. I also think, you know, going back to, I suppose, James Jones' point about if he left, he would leave for another organization, which is what I said too. Um, but I, I feel like, and you guys can tell me if I'm high out of my mind or not, but I feel like Arizona and Phoenix specifically in, in the winter um, is, is, is close to a South Beach not South Beach, but minus the beach. But well, well you still have uh, Old Town Scottsdale and all the the vibes and stuff like that. And if you're into the, if listen, if you're into the party scene in South Beach, then then Old Town Scottsdale is, is going to be right up your alley too, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and 
would you want to really uproot everything and move all the way out to South Beach um, just on the, on the whim that maybe it's going to be a little bit better? But you have full control here. And, and if the owner, let's just say Sarver is out or Sarver is actually given the complete reins to James Jones to make whatever moves he wants, then, I mean, is there really a better move to move to a different organization when you're in full control of the one you have here? Control is only happening here as long as they're winning like they are. The second that there is issues, if ownership stays the same, that goes away. I would bet. I would bet my reputation on it. Not that there's much one, but I would bet <laughs> it on it uh, for that. What I think will happen is James is GM and VP or whatever. I think he, if he leaves, he's offered you become president of basketball operations or president of the entire team. You get to handpick your GM. You get to basically carte blanche and a blank check, which I could see that happening in Miami uh, you know, or in LA, or for LeBron's owning a team, like those situations. I, I, but yes, uh, Le, or excuse me, James Jones is likely the one that stays longer. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if he's kicking Monty out as a scapegoat, he may not have much of a leash either. Here, they haven't exactly been patient with people. So, yeah, I'd agree with that. And i I should I think we should point out that like what they've been able to do in their three years at the helm. I think has bought them obviously both of the deserved contract extensions that they've got because Monty had two years left on his deal. And now this is adding probably at least another two or three more yeah. James Jones, same deal. He got a multi-year extension. So we don't know exactly how long they're, they're signed on for right now. Um, but the fact that at the top of the show, we were bringing up two years ago, Devin Booker was hitting a game winner for a 30 win Suns team that missed the playoffs to where we are now, pissed off that they didn't win a championship. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah. I mean, I thought that was maybe going to get a little bit spicier than it did, <laughs> but I feel like we were all pretty much in agreement that it makes more sense logically that a coach would get the mm -hmm. boot before the GM and then also that the two of them are very tied together in equal part success. When have you ever seen a coach out outlast the GM? Even in a situation where the coach is that the GM, is usually right. he lets himself go as the coach before before he's let go as the GM. So it's pretty much just Brad Stevens, and he became the GM. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brad Stevens is like, I'm going to take it all over. Yeah. I'm firing myself from the bench. Yeah, so I'm firing myself for better job security. I could see a situation where Monty moves into a front into a front office position, and is no longer the coach necessarily. I don't know, if but I is see a I don't see that. I don't, Pop, I don't think he would like it. Pop's one of his one of his mentors. Pop's always had the the basketball operations hat yeah, too. But, but my thought is is and well, this would be from my observation standpoint is like he is so reluctant to use other players on his bench uh, that makes me concerned that he can't identify talent and what they could possibly bring in certain moments. So to trust him as a GM to bring in other guys that are going to be those secondary kind of role players uh, thinking that he knows what's going to happen. I, I don't know. Not, that doesn't align up with me. To be fair, he brought in campaign. So one season good, one season bad. I mean, that was <laughs> that sounded like it was his move <laughs> don't there in the bubble. The so. Campaign was fantastic in okay. the bubble. Eight games well, and then a we'll, season. We will decide next <laughs> after next season. We'll have a more, yes. more uh, whatever. What's the word I'm looking for? Not proof, but like your sample size. Yes, thank you. Yeah. There you go. I got you. Um, all right. Well, that was <laughs> the last the thing that it's I a had. Platter. So I'll tell you guys real quick about Four Peaks and our toast of the month sweepstakes that we have going on at gophnx.com. We need a winner for this month's sweepstakes. And if you win, you're going to get a $50 gift card. You're going to get a PHNX shirt of your choice and a PHNX annual membership. And if you want to enter this one, you can head to gophnx.com or click the link on our show notes. You can enter both of these and potentially win two sweepstakes from PHNX yeah, one hell of a this month. month. <laughs> that would be so solid. Like, I would feel so good about myself. I'd be like, I need to go buy a lottery ticket Oh, I'd now. feel really good. That's one heck of a weekend. There. I mean, yeah. 
Fridge you'd, full of four peaks, some OGs. Right. I think you're good. <laughs> you'd be like the best friend ever when you invite all of your friends to go hang out at Four Peaks and then you go back to the crib, have some OGs. It's like the perfect weekend already set up for you guys. Get high, read 10,000 words written by Gerald Bourget. <laughs> it sounds like a perfect weekend in there. Yeah, me. exactly. So make sure you head on over to GoPHNX. Once again, enter both of those sweepstakes. Also, if you have not been to the Four Peaks Brewery in Tempe, highly recommend you check it out. It's a really cool space. They've got tours of the brewery as well that you can take. And I know spooky season is coming up soon. Mm -hmm. It's apparently a haunted yep. building as well. And they do ghost tours, which is super awesome. We're definitely going to be doing that this fall because... Be, yes, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna record that. <laughs> I already voted, and we're doing because I'm really excited about it. It was like the one thing that I can ever recall, like us hearing about and looking over at you, and you're like, yes. like, I'm yes. so I was like "Oh, okay, cool." I think we should send Chelsea to a haunted house this uh, Halloween. Dude, let's do it. Let's go to a haunted house. It'd oh, do so it. I, we got to film that for sure. I'm so down. And also, you can't judge me. Can't judge you? No. As oh, long as I'm not judged. Because I will scream like <laughs> oh my God. the littlest girl out there. Amazing. I promise you. Oh, man. There was one at the very end where you're walking out of the exit and you think you're safe and then you hear a chainsaw behind you and I screamed like a little girl. <laughs> I, don't, I just fell to the ground. I don't understand. Okay. So just my, to son, get off on my son actually did that too, by the way. We went to a haunted house and he got scared and he literally fell on the ground and stopped moving. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That was like his coping mechanism. Yeah. Dead. He was like, oh. anyway, no you wonder your daughter's your favorite. Gee. Uh, no, look, I don't... To get off on a tangent, I, like we always do on the show, I don't understand the fear in a haunted house. You know nothing's going to happen. So why do you, why is it, like, I'm Mr. Like, nervousness. Everybody knows that, but... That shit doesn't doesn't scare me as much as normal shit does because you know it's a dude without a chain on the chainsaw. You it's just some guy in a costume into it and allow you to ha yourself to have some fun. I mean, if you like to get scared, yeah. I understand why you do. But if like me, I, I get mean, scared by normal shit. I don't have to go do it like that. I mean, so maybe my George what... Foreman that I know the sound of a real chainsaw maybe, versus a fake one. <laughs> you know they're not letting some guy have a chain on the actual chainsaw <laughs> maybe in case he touches okay, you with okay, That's what we not... need to do. Maybe that's what we just need to fucking do. Maybe on that day, instead of us scaring, uh, you know, Espo and going to a haunted house, maybe that day is like our pseudo- uh, April Fool's Day, and we just scare him by giving him some fucked up news and oh. see him just freak oh. out all day. You could do, maybe that's the way we you need to You could just walk this. up behind me while my headphones on and I'll scream. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, normal shit. Okay. You could set up an office as a haunted house just simply by doing normal things that would scare me more than the but dude with the, the chainsaw. But that's the idea of the haunted house is that they pop out at you. You don't know when yeah. somebody's gonna jump. So it's like a jump but scare. But you know it's coming at but some you don't point. Know where. It's scary, when. Jesus! Yeah, and you get into the whole mood and the like, vibe. It's dark. It's like when you watch dirt a, everywhere and cornfields and whatnot. You watch a movie and you know they're all actors and they're all gonna live. It doesn't yeah. mean that it, it changes the movie. You. When I go to a movie to turn off reality, I don't that's do that. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what I do. Because I there's nothing scary it. about <laughs> it. Oh, all right. <laughs> God, Espo. All Plus, right, we have two chats I need to talk about. Rach, okay. thank you so much for your super chat. They said, thank you guys for helping to make things fun and lighthearted through a lot of craziness going on. You are very much appreciated. We appreciate you guys as well for allowing us to be in this position to do that. And then Josh said, who would be the one to push someone in the group to save themselves? I would totally push you guys in a heartbeat. I was going to say it pretty much yeah. that side of the I, room. You guys are going first. You guys are Just going like first. That side of the room. As soon as we have to go through the inflated fucking balloon thing, yeah. uh, I'm just yeah, I'm just doing that. I love, sure. I love All, game. It's the same thing. I just I don't have to outrun the person trying to murder us. I just have to outrun one of you. And if that means I'm tripping you, well, sorry. You got to take one for the team. Yeah. Did you see Gabe said... Espo, what if what if the haunted house was full of monkey pox? Oh, God. <laughs> that, I think that scared Saul, not me, if I remember correctly oh, from the past. Oh man. Yeah. You two wouldn't wouldn't try to like Well, every time I've gone in a haunted house, I've been with a significant you? other. So I was charged with leading the way, but yeah. I was basically dragging them through that thing. I was like, all right, we're running through this bitch. We're not like, we're come not on, let's go. Down. No man left behind. Yeah. So I don't I don't know what I would do if I was 
not leading the way. <laughs> Aside, I could never party with us, but <laughs> Saul's done it. It ain't that much fun. So. Uh, Saul, stop using the F word in front of your son. My son is twenty fucking three. <laughs> okay, he's in college. He's We're a okay. Up. Yeah, he's a grown ass man. It's okay. To an extent. Plus, I've been cussing at him since I was like. Plus that's, like, plus, that's not even his favorite child, so it's fine. Yeah, so yeah. it's okay. Like, it doesn't even matter. He's yeah. already tainted. He doesn't cuss in front of his daughter. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> he's already tainted. Yeah, like, it's all good. He's like, we've been there. We've done that. Wow. We're moving right on along. Poor Alex. Okay, I have one final question for you guys today that's just off the rails. Since we're already there, I'm going to keep us there. Okay. We had a conversation earlier today about insurances. And I asked about the dentist. The, the exciting insurance yes. conversation. Yes, right, right. I low-key love going to the dentist. Oh. Saul oh. hates it. Where do the two of you stand? I hate it. Well, it depends. What am I getting done? For just, just like a cleaning. Just I'm just talking about like I a cleaning. I don't mind the teeth cleaning. That's nice. You feel I, fresh. But obviously if you have to get cavities, work done, it's completely different. No. But I'm talking about just going and getting a cleaning. When oh. they take that little pickaxe to your gums and then I bleed everywhere and then they have the nerve to tell me I need to floss more, <laughs> that pisses me off fundamentally. <laughs> so just, so just <laughs> I'm floss sorry. more then, dude. I'm sorry. But you have a pickaxe at my gums like, and I'm bleeding me, and I need to floss more? This is a metal pointy thing and you think it's because I don't use floss. <laughs> oh Stop poking God. me with that damn thing and I won't be bleeding. <laughs> just floss, Gerald. Pisses me off. What do you, where do you guys stand? They don't have mics, so. You what? I have a hygienist that I've been going to for like three years. Me and Jessica are really close, so I love seeing Jessica. Jessica, Sounds like you get a little bit more than the cleaning. Oh, oh my no. god, yeah. too far, too far. So. Where's she poking you with the metal thing? Oh my god, <laughs> way too far, Espo. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't. First of all, I don't even know what the fuck that means. <laughs> Oh, That's half man. the fun of it. Oh, By the way, speaking of dentists, fun fact: I grew up with a dentist named Doctor Lips. My wife, <laughs> my no, but he gets better. My wife grew up with a dentist named Doctor Chewy. That what? is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. So lips and chewy, lips and chewy. Oh, dentist. sorry about that, guys. I didn't mean to take us all oh, the way wow. there. I, I just you wanted to know what the chat felt about. <laughs> Dentist. The dentist. I th I thought you were gonna uh, you were gonna ask us. So which insurance plan are you gonna go? I with? mean, I'll ask you I'm that for to sure. Yeah. Yeah. Which deductible? Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you as always. We will be back tomorrow, same place, same time. So plan to come hang out with us. Also. A reminder, we want you all to stay safe and healthy. And one great way to do that are COVID-19 vaccines, and they are free for everyone five and older. Those 12 and older are also now eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov slash findvaccine for a location near you. Until we see you tomorrow, you can follow me on Twitter at lindsaysmithaz. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. And, of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Saul may... Like his daughter best, but we still don't know which PHX sounds like Steve looks best. Ahoy hoy. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX though, Lindsay Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball, we here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me, I've always wrecked the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G, no plan B. Always on the job, my team move like the mob. Turn the beat on, I throw it down like DA on the live. Best combo since.